Welcome back to Psychic Crime. I'm your host, Nicole Mann. And once again, I just want to thank you so much for listening. As I say every single time at the beginning of this podcast, I never thought I would be doing this for this long. I always just thought it would be a hobby that maybe my family would listen to. So I appreciate it so much. And we have new listeners from new countries, Mexico, Ghana, India. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoy and stay and listen more in the future. I see that Sweden is hanging in there and I see New Zealand is coming back up. So continue, enjoy. If you have crimes in your region that you would like me to cover, reach out on the Patreon. And with that being said, I had another crime that I had intended for today, but I've been having some trouble with the research, so I need a little bit more time. So I'm gonna do something a little funner, a little bit lighter um, over on my YouTube that I don't really use. I talked about this, but I'm gonna go through it in depth here today. It is how my mayor came to end up reporting to prison in April. And um, I waited to cover it here on this channel because I wanted to wait until he was actually sentenced and actually reported to prison. And so we're going to uh, get into that because there's a lot of twists and turns that weren't reported, didn't make the national news. Um, there's actually a documentary about this on Roku channel. Um, some of these things are not in there. I've actually went to his Wikipedia page and there is a lot of things that are completely inaccurate on his Wikipedia page. Um, there's a lot of things that are left out about what happened, not just with these elections and recalls, um, but so there's a lot of things that you would only know if you are from uh, the town. So let's get started. We will go ahead and I'll give you a little background about him himself. Giselle Correa was born on December 11th, 1991. His parents are Portuguese immigrants. So he is first generation born here in the United States. This part of the state of Massachusetts is considered the Portuguese immigration capital of the United States. There are several towns in this area who in the past did what they call twinnings. Uh, for those of you who are not aware, it's when an international city matches with a city in the United States and they do kind of like an exchange and they send people, leaders from each city over and they go and experience the culture and see what, what you do in your city, what's, what are your traditions, you know, what do you do for civic pride and things like that. And then you go back and see if there's any way that you can apply that to your town. So our twinning town, uh, this town is Fall River, Massachusetts. Fall River is the home of Lizzie Borden. Uh, yes, Lizzie Borden, the woman who supposedly took an ax and gave her parents 40 wax. Um, that is hotly debated. Um, within this community, many people do not believe that she actually killed her parents. Um, so that is this town. Uh, our uh, twinning uh, city is a city in the Azores of Portugal. So uh, we have uh, the Feasts of the Saints and the Feasts of the Saints are different feasts on different <laughs> weekends. So it is not uncommon to see parades um, on different weekends and have no idea what's going on. <laughs> um, so 
we have, um, it is a very deeply Catholic, um, Massachusetts in and of itself is deeply Catholic, but this is also a lot of people went to Catholic school that I know here. Um, there's a combination of public Catholic school, private Catholic school. Um, now there's a lot of charter schools. Um, so Giselle uh, Correa uh, started his actual political career though in and of itself in 2013 at the age of 22. He ended up getting a seat on the city council. Actually, he ran at the age of 22. He placed 10th in a field of 18. How our city council works is the top nine finishers in the election, they get seats on the city council. So he ended up 10th, so he didn't get a seat. So in 2015, so um, in the next year, what ended up happening was Kathy Ann Viveros, she accepted an appointment to become city administrator from Mayor Flanagan. That created a vacancy on the city council. What happened was Correa filled the city council vacancy because he was the person with the next highest amount of votes. So a little bit of backstory for how he ended up becoming mayor. William Flanagan, as the mayor, realized that the city of Fall River could no longer foot the bill for trash collection in its entirety. Now, this is the only city that I've lived in in which the town paid for trash collection in its entirety. So I really wasn't surprised. His solution was something called pay per throw. It's worked in other places. And what that is, is you purchase color-coded trash bags. In this instance, they were purple. The purple trash bags mean that you've paid because a percentage of the uh, profit from the trash bags goes to the city to offset the cost of trash collection. Now, you would think the people who would be upset would be low-income people, people who live in subsidized housing. Well, it doesn't apply to them. They have dumpsters, many, um, which means that subsidized housing, the city actually pays for their trash collection or it's included in their rent. So these people were not affected. It's middle class people, upper middle class people. These are the people who were affected. These people were furious. They were not gonna pay for trash collection. They were so upset at the idea of having to pay for trash collection, they decided to recall it. They recalled the mayor over having to pay a few more dollars a month on trash bags because that's what it really came down to. It's not like they were asking them to pay 25 or $50 a month for trash collection because I've lived in places where it's being treated like a utility and you get like a $50 bill a month for your trash. It's not, it didn't even come out to that. It's like a, like a few more dollars a month on trash bags. Like, so if you're paying $10 a month for trash bags, it's like you're paying like five more dollars a month. Like you're paying a few more dollars a month on your trash bags. So it wasn't even coming out to like you're paying like $50 more. It wasn't even anything outrageous. They just did not want to pay. And they decided to recall him. And so a recall happened. And at first it, it, it looked like it could go either way. And a lot of people kind of felt like it was unnecessary. Like it, it, it looked like it, it people were on the fence. Out of nowhere, just at first, Giselle Correa threw his support to Mayor Flanagan. Then, 
out of nowhere, Correa comes forward and claims that Flanagan held him hostage and at gunpoint to force him to give that endorsement. This makes zero sense, okay? This is over some trash collection, okay? So even if he gets recalled, it's about trash collection. This is not that serious, okay? This, this is totally insane. It's not like he committed some buddy Cianci level embezzlement that caused the entire state to go bankrupt. For those of you who don't know, Buddy Cianci was the mayor of Providence, Rhode Island. He embezzled from the city at a time in which there was so much corruption going on. It was the final straw and the state of Rhode Island ended up declaring bankruptcy. So this was not anything close to that. This was just a person who recognized that the town could no longer go on paying for trash collection in its entirety and found a solution. The town didn't like it. They decided to held a recall election because of it. It's not anything that someone would hold someone at gunpoint to get their endorsement over. And I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I had no idea who Giselle Correa was until this story about him being held at gunpoint came out. I seriously did not and absolutely did not believe it. Like this is insanity. It made no sense, but it is dramatic and people ate it up. So the recall happens, Flanagan loses, he gets recalled. So the deputy mayor, he's serving while we wait for an election to see who's gonna replace him. In that time period, the deputy mayor seems to be to be doing great. Like we had issues with infrastructure in our town. He was filling potholes. He's filling so many potholes, we had a pothole counter. At the time the election happened, he had filled something like 1,100 potholes. 1,100 potholes. That is how bad our infrastructure was in this town. It is still crap. It is still garbage, okay? So the election comes around and Giselle Correa, at the age of 23, throws his hat in the ring. And myself and a lot of people were like, who is this kid? And we're just kind of like, whatever, you know, but much to many people's surprise, he won. He became the youngest mayor in the history of the city at the age of 23. And many people were surprised because another person with much more experience, he ran against him. So when he became the mayor, most people are just kind of like, eh, okay, I guess we'll wait until the next election and see if we can get someone with some more experience. And it was uneventful in that first term. Nothing really happened. So the second term comes around and surprisingly he wins again against a city councilor. So then we come to October of 2018. Now, before we get into all the crimes and the drama, we're going to take a break so we can have a brief word from our sponsor. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted better gut health. I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. 
It doesn't taste chalky or sour like superfood powders or probiotics normally do. It just has this really kind of mild tropical taste that I really, really love. So what is it? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens. Some of you know I have Hashimoto's and it causes digestive problems for me. So I've tried a lot of different probiotics and this is one of the best tasting ones I've ever tried. I just drink it in the morning with breakfast and tons of people take different kinds of multivitamins and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. So I figured, hey, why not just drink it? For every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in needs, including No Kid Hungry here in the US. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that's it. athleticgreens.com emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So on October 11th, 2018, much to the shock of everybody, Giselle was arrested by the feds, by the FBI, and charged with wire fraud for the amount of $231,000 and for filing false tax returns. Now, they accused him of using money from his company, Snow Owl. Once again, I didn't know nothing about him before he accused ex-Mayor Flanagan of holding him at hostage. I definitely did not know that he had an app and a coinciding company called Snow Owl. Absolutely did not know any of this. So I was definitely shocked when I found out he was using the app at his own personal ATM. He claimed that he was not doing that. So of course, when the charges hit, the city council asked him to resign. He said, absolutely not. What actually came out that I have not seen in any of like the documentary, it's not anywhere. Shortly before the charges hit, he went to the city council and asked them for $30,000 for branding of the town. Branding. We're the home of Lizzie Borden. Every year, a new movie, TV show, something about Lizzie Borden comes out with a new spin, a new, new take on her story. We have a nursery rhyme. We don't need branding. We have all the built-in branding we need. So not just myself, but many people were suspicious uh, once these charges came out that he was just going to take the money and put it towards his debt to try and pay it off. Um, that's never been substantiated. That was obviously a local rumor that was going around. But once the charges came out, many people were suspicious. The city council turned him down because just like me, they feel like we're, sit we're the home of Lizzie Borden. We do not need 
any branding beyond that. I mean, we have been called the scholarship city. I'm still not completely sure why. <laughs> um, there's a lot of different things. A couple of movies have been filmed here. We have certain things in this small town. I mean, there are negative things, but we do not need branding. So when those charges hit, a lot of, like I said, rumors started to go around and he, like I said, denied the charges and rumors, refused to resign. In February of 2019, shortly after the charges hit, he did make an offer to reimburse the investors in his company for a total of $306,000. However, he withdrew that offer shortly afterwards. So obviously with all of these impending charges, there was a recall. Like they were, they won't have, won't pay for trash. They're definitely not having somebody who's been um, handed down an indictment by the feds as the mayor. So we have a very bizarre clause in our town charter that if you can file papers within a certain amount of time, you can move the election to replace the mayor up to the same day as the recall. So none of us, most of the people in the town were not aware that this was happening. We knew the recall was happening and we went to vote. I went to vote and I went to my polling place and Giselle Correa is standing in front of my polling place in the dead center of the street like a fool. Yes, I said it, like a fool, a desperate fool, directing people to the polling place. And many cars were just driving around him because <laughs> he was literally standing in the dead center of the street. So, um, and I'm pretty sure I have a picture of it. I'll, I'll put it on the Patreon. So, he is standing in the middle of the street like a fool, desperately get, trying to f make people go to the polling place to vote in the recall. I go in to vote and there's two things on the ballot. So I read it because I didn't expect this. And the first one is the recall, simple, recall him. The second one was an election for his replacement, which myself, like most of the town, didn't know what's happening. Lo and behold, who is running to replace him? He is, he's running to replace himself. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know you could do that. I didn't even know that was allowed. Apparently it is under very special circumstances in our town. So this happens. I voted, hell no. I voted for somebody else I didn't even know existed only because it was the least bad thing. <laughs> so what happens is he's overwhelmingly recalled, like overwhelmingly. He was recalled by almost 8,000 votes. But when it came to the election, he only won by 300 votes. Several people said that they voted for him because they didn't read the ballot, they didn't know what was happening, and they actually thought that they were voting twice to recall him. So it wasn't 
I really don't feel like it was necessarily a fair re-election, um, considering multiple people have said that they thought they were voting twice to recall him. But at the same time, it's kind of your fault if you don't read your ballot. Um, but at the same time, also super smart of him in order to stay that he, in order to ensure he stays in power. Like, I mean, you can't, what it, can't hate the player, gotta hate the game. I mean, he read the charter. He, he's, he's smart. He, he's not a necessarily stupid individual. So he is both recalled and re-elected to replace himself as the mayor on the same day. Absolutely insane and ridiculous. What ends up happening from that is 10 voters, so 10 people in our town filed a lawsuit because they wanted to block the certification of the election, specifically because of the way that the election for the replacement happened. It wasn't advertised. There wasn't a lot of people who were running around campaigning uh, and they felt like it violated the town charter. Uh, and they felt like he was not he was not should not have been eligible to run to replace himself. So a judge denied the request and stated that even though that our town charter was revised in 2017, they did not reword or replace the section that allowed someone to run to replace themselves as mayor. So you need to revise the charter if you don't want people to replace themselves as mayor. So, after that fiasco, um, what happened next is that in September 2019, so just shortly afterwards, a few scant months later, he got hit with more indictments. Like, can you imagine what we felt like? We know our mayor got hit with a 26 count indictment and we tried to recall him. We tried to make it so he's not our mayor. And then he has the nerve not only to run to replace himself, he ends up winning. He, we're still stuck with this guy. And then the feds come for him again. He gets indicted for extorting because this was right when um, recreational cannabis became legal. He was extorting cannabis vendors in order for them to get their vendor license. Well, guess what? Vendor licenses go entirely through the Cannabis Control Commission. So there was nothing, he had no say over it. And he was also extorting building owners and um, he got a total of $600,000 as well as a limited edition Batman Rolex watch. So the indictment count after everything was said and done, ended up being 46 counts. They also, that was extortion, conspiracy, extortion, aiding and embedding, and bribery. They also ended up going after four other people, including his chief of staff. It was just a mess. At this point, the city council is done. They are fed up. They are asking him to resign. They wanna relieve him of his duties. He's not having it. He's not going anywhere. Why should he? He was reelected. And they're like, um, not by the hair on our Karen ass chins are we gonna let you stay the mayor. They went on a Sunday, y'all, with a locksmith. 
and locked his ass out of his office by changing the locks so he could not be the mayor. I mean, first they held a vote and decided they were gonna relieve him of his duties. They gave him till 5 p.m. to vacate his office. Like I said, he wasn't gonna do it. And they're like, cool, we're just gonna change locks. He was like, uh, the hell you are. And he sued them. The nerve. The, I'm sitting at home like, what is happening? Is this an episode of Law and Order? FBI? Dis what the hell? Not only did he sue to remain the mayor, he won. Because in our town charter, no one has the power to stop the mayor from being the mayor except for the people via a recall. We already tried that. It didn't work. So he was allowed to remain the mayor. Like, what the hell? So, at this point, luckily for us, his lawyer talks a very, very minute amount of common sense into him, making him understand how horrible this looks. And he steps down and says that it is so that he can focus on, are you ready for this? His re-election campaign. He says, it's not because I did anything wrong. No, it's so that I can focus on my re-election campaign. We're all just like, what in the name of the Lord is wrong with him? Like, you have no idea how ridiculous and bad that you look. So, yes, he finally steps down. People are, he was calling it, I'm just going to take a temporary leave of absence. No, you step down. So, he runs. And then at one point, someone was saying that he suspended his campaign for re-election, but that his name remained on the ballot. Look, he got the brakes beat off him. That's all that matters. He was no longer our mayor. Like, that's all that matters. So now you come to his trial. His trial ended up happening. Um, that election was November of 2019. His trial happened in May of 2020. Um, he ended up, and then they, re, they postponed it. So his actual trial happened in... Um, May of 2021, he had the singularly most ridiculous defense. It was, I just, the whole thing, like <laughs> the whole time, I, I, like I said, I kept asking myself, is this an episode of Law and Order? Is this FBI? Like what is happening? This, this is not real. His defense, seriously. I was too young, naive, and bad at math to know what was happening. What? Half of this country is bad at math due to the American public school system. No child left behind, which basically just has them passing people through so that they can get the money to fund their school and Common Core. For those of you who don't know what Common Core is, it's the new, new math that half of the parents in this country, well, most of the parents in this country can't do. I have had friends who have somehow graduated school and had to relearn math when they went to college because they couldn't really do Common Core either. I had a friend who went to nursing school and could not divide thanks to Common Core. She literally had to take remedial math in nursing school because she didn't know how to divide. 
So yes, a large amount of the population of the United States is bad at math thanks to the American public school system. But do you see us out here committing fraud and extortion? No. Why? Because we're bad at math. Also, if you're so bad at math, why did you decide it was a good idea to run a whole ass town? Also, uh, no, we have not stopped paying for tax collection. That was the whole thing that you ran on, was that you were going to rescind the pay for throw, which you never did, which is the basic 101 of being a politician. Lie about what you're going to fix and then just never fix it. So obviously you're not just bad at math. That's not the only reason you did it. And being naive, like you're so naive that you extorted cannabis vendors for $600,000 and a Batman watch? That has nothing to do with being naive. Seriously? Like, if you were too young, if you are saying you were too young to run for mayor, why'd you run for mayor? Like, <laughs> that is the most ludicrous and insane. I just, just know, like, just, you're admitting to the world that you were just too immature to be in a position of power and you took advantage as soon as you were put in that position of, of power. That is your whole, that was your defense. I was too immature to be given the authority and the power I was given. And as soon as I was given it, I abused the hell out of it. Like that's insane. Your defense was an admission of guilt, basically. Like, who is your lawyer and why do they suck so much? Like, I just, no. Ugh. Ugh. This is just our mayor. I have, any, I have to do a whole nother podcast about our police. Yes, we had a police officer that they found drugs in his desk drawer because he was too lazy to check the evidence into the evidence locker. Then there was a whole nother set of police officers that somehow lost two years worth of evidence. So this is just a mayor. I'll have to do a whole nother podcast on our police officers. Jesus Christ, this is why we keep going in and out of the FBI's most dangerous cities. But back to this man's trial. Given this horrible defense, you can probably guess he was convicted. However, Given the high amount of charge stacking, which is something that the state's attorney does a lot, he was not convicted on all the counts. He was convicted on 21 counts, um, including demanding bribes, um, uh, larceny uh, for um, embezzling from his company and app. Um, he was released on a monitor. <laughs> this was my favorite part of the whole thing. He was released on a monitor um, while he was pending sentencing. So he walked out of the courtroom, right guys? He goes straight for a camera and he says, I did not do this. I am not guilty. I am so not guilty that they offered me a plea and I turned it down. As soon as he walks away from the camera, the state's attorney walks out behind him and says, there was no plea. I never offered him a plea. <laughs> This man, I say man loosely, would not know the truth if it walked up, punched him in the mouth, and kicked him in the balls. Like, what the hell? Like, why lie to a camera when the person 
who can prove your lying is directly behind you. Like, like, just dumb. It's like he can't help himself. Seriously, just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So he's released on this monitor. Um, He tried to get a little bit more lenient sentence. Originally, they wanted an 11-year prison sentence. He decided, the judge decided he was going to dismiss six of the nine wire fraud counts against him. Um, He decided that, um, he decided that during the sentencing part of the trial, and he was eventually sentenced to six years in a federal prison. And he reported this past April, after several delays, to prison at um, the Federal Correctional Institute in Berlin, here in the United States, um, for jail. So that is the saga of my ridiculous mayor, um, who (laughs) I, I just can't help but laugh, it's so insane. And yes, we have had issues with our police officers. Uh, I will eventually do another podcast on our police officers. Um, And they're not all bad. Um, My interactions with the police in this town have been fairly good. I have to work with them a lot in my capacity of my job um, in the substance um, use disorder field. Um, I've also worked with them in the job I had during COVID um, and helping people find housing. There have been a few times where I've had to call police on behalf of my uh, clients. So I have personally not had bad interactions with them. Um, This is something more systemic within the police department. I will eventually in the future do another podcast about our police. Um, This area is a little different. There's a town about two towns over the city of New Bedford. Um, At some point, I will cover one of the scandals of New Bedford. If you go onto Netflix, Trial by Media has um, a documentary about one of the, one, just one of the infamous crimes that happened in the town of New Bedford. The movie The Accused, uh, the sexual assault that inspired that movie did happen in the town of New Bedford. Unfortunately, it started a horrible media circus that turned into an indictment on Portuguese immigrants, unfortunately. Um, also, there was a scandal about a monopoly on cod fishing. The man who created it was called the Cod Father. <laughs> um, so the town of New Bedford has had a lot of ups and downs. New Bedford is the town where the book Moby Dick is set. It was a massive whaling town and is very well known for that. Um, at the same time, there is so much crime and so many issues with drugs that in the town of New Bedford, all the arrests are printed publicly in the newspaper, so you see them every day. Um, it's kind of supposed to be a deterrent. Um, I hate to say it, but it has been helpful in certain situations with my job. I can't find certain clients. Look in the newspaper. They live in New Bedford. Sometimes you can find them, so it's unfortunate. Um, this is a wonderful part of the state of Massachusetts. You're right on the water. It's the South Coast. You know, during fishing season, you can go to certain uh, places and the seafood literally is fresh off the boat. 
it, it's just a beautiful, wonderful place to visit. You know, you come in the summer, you know, in the fall when the leaves turn. But unfortunately, yes, we do have our issues with crime and apparently some corruption. That does not take away from the fact that it is a very, very welcoming and friendly community. So if you ever find yourself getting out to Massachusetts, feel free to stop by the South Shore. Feel free to come visit Fall River, visit the Lizzie Borden house. Um, as some people may or may not know, um, Lizzie Borden actually started the first animal rescue in the United States. That's what she left her inheritance for, was to start a home for all of her cats, which turned into the Faxon Animal Rescue, which is still around today. So if you ever get your way out here, come by, maybe go to Battleship Cove, uh, there's a lot of interesting things down here in this part. Go to the beach. Um, you're always welcome. But with that, uh, next week we will look into a very bizarre crime that never ended up getting, um, it never got prosecuted. It played out in, in a uh, civil court, which is why I'm having a little bit of trouble with the research, um, looking into civil stuff that plays out in civil court is very different than the stuff that plays out in criminal court. It's very difficult to get the facts um, from civil proceedings. So it's taking a little more time, but I should have that for you next time. And in the meantime, I hope you sleep better knowing the how and why people do such awful things.